He has a brain like no other. A memory that has stunned millions. A mental wonder. It all started back in 1990 when he correctly predicted the Pennsylvania lottery. Now, the holy grail of neuroscience, Jim Carroll is your mentor to limitless mental energy. Get ready to learn his secrets to superpower your mind. It's Jimmy the Brain. Okay, my guest, the one, the only, Chef Robert Irvine. Out of everyone I've ever met in my life traveling around the world and all over Robert, you are without a doubt the best dude I've ever met. I, and you know I mean that when I say that. You're, you're the most that, awesome guy in the world. That? Do I have to pay for that now, Jim? Come on. <laughs> no, I know. Thank you for that. It's very sweet, very kind. No, we had so much fun. Oh, my God. That's, you just, you woke, you're, you're the one that got me woke into this world with the military, and now it's nonstop. And, and the work you do for our military and our troops is beyond um, amazing. And, and what I love about you is you really, truly, truly mean it. You know what I mean? You could tell when somebody really cares and when they're just, you know, hey, I'm just going because part of the business. You know, you're, you really, truly want to help. And you actually – now, now uh, was it the British Royal Navy at 15, you think, you told me you were in once or 15 something? And, 15 and a half years old, yeah. My joined the Navy as a cook. Wow, that's amazing. At the age of 15 – Mm -hmm. and then you I signed up. I didn't go into a 16, yeah. but yes. When did when did you come here, Robert, to the United States? When did I we never talked about that? 1997. Wow, wow. You're looking good, man. What the heck? You're so busy. How do you keep how do you keep so fit and, and healthy? You well, know, I have a lot of I have a lot of great people. Um, you know, we have we have multiple companies and uh have a lot of great people, a lot of veterans. Uh, the foundation, uh Dave he's had, my foundation guy is sitting over here on the I just told him be quiet. Cause I'm on with you, but, um, Dave is, a um, a ranger lost his leg in, uh, Afghanistan and, uh, he runs my foundation now. So, um, it's pretty cool. Uh, we do, we do a lot, you know, one of the things I found, um, being in the military and, and, and doing the things we do and travel the globe. And obviously you've been with us when we do that together. Um, we do uh, a big yump every year in Scotland. Unfortunately this year is, is not been on because, of COVID, but we normally have a thousand wounded warriors and caregivers uh, in Scotland, yomping across the the Pennines of Scotland, which is kind of interesting, you know, from all coalition uh, forces. So we do an awful lot, and and it's it's in the vein of giving back and making sure we support our men and women that wear the cloth of our nation, and and obviously you do the same. Um, so it's fun. No, you're you're the you're the yeah. Hey, I have a special guest. Who wants to see you again? And you're going to remember him. Come on in. I Mike. do. Oh, Mike. look at this. What's Mike up, buddy? From the Turning Stone. Here, it's tucked in here. How are you? Remember this dude? <laughs> yeah, is, yeah. is he your co-host? He's my co-host just for you. Yeah, he could. Well, there you go. How have you been? my first podcast I've ever been on. So. <laughs> well, guess what? You, you're going to be really good at it because you're smart. I know you're smart. Yes. So, so, so you have to ask me questions now, right? Yes, I can't do that very well. <laughs> no, he, but, he keeps yeah. telling about what, so, what you made him eat on stage and what you did to me on stage. My God, you made me eat seafood in front of my grandkids. Oh, my gosh. And I ate a well, lobster with peanut butter. Lobster with yeah. peanut butter. Wasn't that good? Yeah. yeah, I still remember that. It was actually really good. It was really, really good. Yeah. I actually haven't <laughs> ate lobster since, so. Yeah. But now you have to explain. 
closed out. Now you have to explain the challenge so the audience and the, and the listeners can, can understand that. Because in my live show, we start with six volunteers who pick um, lots of, of unique ingredients. Um, and I have to make something out of it, but I'm blindfolded and, and headphoned and uh, I don't know, right? And then I have to create something in a very short amount of time that's edible. Yes. He constantly, he never, he'll never forget that, good. Robert. And, and the way yes. you made, you threw his flip-flops out into the audience. He keeps yeah. bringing that up. <laughs> and no yeah, flip-flops. Can you get them back? I'm still wearing the same flip-flops, Oh, come on now. you got to get rid of them flip-flops. Yeah. Get, yeah. get, get Jim to get you some new ones. You need new ones. I actually got new flip-flops, but they're the same exact flip-flops. Oh, my I goodness. Liked them. Yeah, when I told him that you were like on today, he goes, hey, God, he was, so he came down. Yeah. But I'll Very be up, we'll, we'll, we'll be up in a little yeah. while. He plays Monopoly every yeah. day with the four grandkids. That's what I do all, well, during the cold. Listen, day. I am a champion Monopoly player. Uh-oh. Here's, here's a key for you. Yeah. All the train stations. Yes. All the, the yellows. Yep. Forget about the greens. Don't worry about the greens. Leicester Square. I like the Coventry. greens at the end of the game. Those are good for them. Yeah, but you got to put hotels on. You got to yeah. think about money, right? And if you can play Monopoly, you can win in the world. <laughs> yeah. All right, bud. I'll I used to play a lot of Monopoly, okay. so it's good. Okay. All right, we'll see him later. Hi, bud. Okay. Great to see you. Hi. All right, take care, buddy. Yeah, he really loves you, man. He's like, he's like, oh my god, you mean I could come on the podcast and talk to him? He was nervous all morning. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So yeah, but, but that's what I'm saying. That's the cool thing about you. See, you do things like that. You, 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 you did something to him that you'll never, he'll never forget you the rest of his life. What you did at that moment at the turning stone for that 10 minutes on stage. It's amazing what you do. Well, we can all do that, right? It, yeah. It's giving something, uh, especially to youngsters, you know, they're our future. They are, they, they've got the world in hand. And, and if you can, um, engage in a, in a very positive way, then they take those experiences and they become, they become the givers of, of the new generation, right? So as yeah. we get older, we can't do so many things. You're already there, Jim. I'm still a little younger than you. Um, but it works like that, right? And that's what we do. <laughs> you always got to run. You always funny, man. But just like, just like, uh, oh, you should see this stuff. Like, I know you're doing well during this tough time with the COVID and stuff you know, I see on the restaurant impossible show and, and were those things filmed before this or you doing it oh, now? So, so let me tell you, um, yeah. just like the rest of the world on, on March the 12th, I was actually in hospital. I was in state college, Pennsylvania, and I got food poisoning at a restaurant. Not that I was revisiting. So I, a year pr prior to that, I'd fixed a restaurant. I went back to revisit it and I was staying in a golf course in state college and I got sick, I got violently ill. And um, I was in hospital for two days and then they shut down production and the world shut down. And, uh, but these, these are all literally during COVID. I'm on a bus traveling the country, right? Well, I'm at home right now, but I've just come off uh, 10, 20 episodes of television, uh, helping restaurants get back into business. Um, so yeah, we're, we're doing it right now during the COVID period and uh, very safely, but there are a lot of people, 11 million people, uh, in a hospitality industry, um, that are, that are suffering and everybody else, obviously, but, uh, it's tough when you see, you know, 1% of the, of the national gross, which is hospitality, uh, going down the tubes and, you know, we need some help with the government. I don't want to get into all the politics and yeah. stuff. 
I don't do that, but we need some help for these folks that are hurting so bad. Yeah, so we're, still doing, we're still doing shows. Uh, we'll be back out on the 8th um, to, to restart Restaurant Impossible. We've done Restaurant Impossible back in business with a smaller crew. Now we uh, go back and do the, the, the original show. So. Yeah, I do. Yeah, my industry, or, you know, the entertainment industry, you know, music, magic, mental comedy, and nothing, nothing out there. That's why, yeah, I had so much stuff booked, Robert, back because my last show was back in March down in DC with Elaine's event, and yeah, and I haven't been out since, other than you know, grandkids and you know, around here. But yeah, so that's why I started the podcast. You know, I figured I could at least reach people this way, and we're gonna we have a, a plan on how to reach a lot of people once I get like fifteen under my belt. This is number thirteen, so this is really cool. Oh, so really? You should 13. never have told me that. If this is thirteen, this is this is not good for me. Oh, this is thirteen. On, well, you said thirteen. That's you are un- not superstitious, man. That's come an on. unlucky number. Yeah. Hey, but 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 you know what I also liked about you is you believe like, it's right on your website too. You believe nothing is impossible, and I like that attitude because this this thing that I do, Robert, this ESPN thing, you know, exercise your brain and body. Bingo. Here's you. All right. You know. E S for proper sleep. Well, I don't know if you get that because you're so damn busy. P, I know you're extremely positive, 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 and the N for nutrition. So you definitely have the three of my ESPN things that, well, who more could talk about ESPN than yourself and your physical fitness. And I think you call it nutritional fitness. See, and I love that because that's, that's all about what I do. It's, it's, uh, but tell, well, we, tell me a little serious. bit about that with the physical fitness. How do you, how do you find time to lift every day? I like people say, I don't, I can't get a half an hour. Well, look at you. Nobody's more busy than you yet. You find well, the time. Let, let me, let me tell you this. First of all, we're very similar in, in, um, in what we believe in. Um, we are working right now, um, with the military in, in a huge project, um, of, of nutrition and fitness and all those things that go along with it. So I think it's, it's, when we when we look about us as human beings, um, we we're all stressed. We we no matter we're we're living in COVID times, we stay at home for a lot of us. You know, a third of us will go out, a third of us will hit restaurants, uh, and a third of us will stay at home. Right? They don't want to go anywhere, and that won't change until probably next year when there's some type of vaccine and and whatever. But to me, uh, our foundation, just like you, our foundation really focuses on physical health, mental health, um, and, and post-traumatic stress and, and, uh, and wounds of war that we don't see visibly. Uh, and that's what Dave works on, he's working on it now. But I've truly believed that since I was in the military. Fitness is a stress reliever. And if you think that we're asking our, our you know, men and women, uh, the weather cloth of our nation now, to do longer deployments, harder deployments, Deployments, be away from their families. So it's not only physical health that helps that, but it's, it's mental health too. And and you, I know you work a lot on that. Um, so yeah, fitness, nutrition is huge, and that's something we are fighting right now. And we can not only in the military, but in general, you know, we look at our kids, and we just saw a prime example there. If we don't, if we don't take care of their health now as kids, and we are a product of of our families, right? So if we grew up like I grew up in England and we would eat fish and chips and, 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 you know, all the fatty stuff and we're not known for food in England at all. And it's kind of funny because the top 10 restaurants in the world are actually in England. They're just not run by English people. So, um, 
So fitness is, is a big thing. Nutrition is a big thing. And we can actually guide, if we're really smart as parents and leaders, the way in which we, we grow and we train uh, our kids and our military. Because if you think the military is made up of 70% of, of kids from military families go into the military. So it's really interesting, the statistics of obesity in this country, and um, not only here, but around the world. And what, how can we change that? So, so yeah, my biggest focus is, is families, fitness, fun, and food. Because if you, put, if you put food and you get kids in the kitchen, they have fun. And then, it, and then you incorporate that fitness piece. And it could be playing on a bike. It could be running outside. It could be playing hoops, taking the dog away. It doesn't matter what it is. You can, you can actually change your physical look by 20 minutes of exercise a day. And you mentioned something there a second ago where people always say, oh, I don't have time. Well, guess I'm going to tell you a story that maybe your listeners will, will, will get. I was working in Jamaica as the executive chef of the Renaissance Jamaica Grand Hotel. There was a young man by the name of Louis Farrakhan. You may know that name. So he was working out in the gym. And my GM called me and said, hey, uh, I want you to go and work out in the gym. Come to the gym and work out. I said, I'm so busy, boss, I can't come down. I hung up. Uh, we had 2,000 rooms, you know, uh, 2,000 guests, 750 rooms and seven restaurants, and I was kind of busy. And he said, uh, okay, hung up, called me back 10 minutes later, and he said, if you can't spend an hour out of your time with me, I don't need you, you can't manage time. Guess what I did? I put on my gym clothes, I went straight to the gym. Oh. And surprise, surprise, an hour and a half later, I came back and the operation was still running the way it was. So I think when people make excuses, uh, and they are excuses because if you really want to do something, you can achieve anything. You said nothing is impossible. And I truly believe that no matter what time or, or, or I start a show in the morning, I've already worked out before, whether it be two o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock, whatever the time is, or in the afternoon, I always get a workout in. I'm not the healthiest eater because I like to cheat. I eat what I want because I work out so hard, but I'm very careful in you know, the days that I cheat. I can have a, a, a cheat day or two days, but then I have to get back on, on, you know, whatever else I'm doing. So food is important to me personally. My wife is an athlete, you know that, um, yeah. a wrestler. So although she's retired wrestling, she, she still thinks she's, uh, <laughs> she's wrestling. She lives that life. She's <laughs> away right now in Mexico. Um, but yeah, our, our family is healthy. Our, our, our military uh, is a big deal. And uh, yeah, food, fitness, fun, and family. What's your, what's your best cheater food? Like when you cheat, what do you Oh, like? I, listen, I'll eat anything. I mean, I love cookies. I love ice cream. I love chocolate, but, but only chocolate on uh, like Twix bars and Mars bars and Snickers and things like that. Yeah. I don't eat chocolate in anything else. I won't do chocolate cookies or things like that. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm a, I'm a chocolate chip cookie fanatic. You know that. And it, that's why you've got no hair. Oh, listen to you. You're amazing. I'm just, listen, if I don't give you a hard time, you don't, you, you think I like you or something. Yeah. I'm kidding. I love so it. Does, so does your wife, Gail, does she, did she ever kick your butt? In oh, every day, every day. <laughs> I remember her in the W. I remember that she was a, yeah, she was the champ at one time. She came in and was the champ. I remember that. Yeah. First time. yeah. yeah. She was, uh, she's a hall of famer. She's uh first woman's champion. Yeah. She's done really well. And uh, yeah, she keeps me in line for sure. So she's into the fitness stuff as well. And the nutrition. Yeah. 
Oh, for sure. I mean, she, she is very careful what she eats. Um, unlike me, I told you I do cheat days. She doesn't do cheat days. So when I met her, I, you know, I, I had to show that was a gym nut and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I ate healthy just when I first met her the first couple of months. Um, you know, impressions, right? Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, we have fun doing it. Yeah, I do. I do, I, do, the food. I do cheat weeks and maybe months sometime. <laughs> well, she cooks most of the food in the house when we're home, for sure. Yeah, um, so let me let me let me ask you something else too. Like I, when we were at your, you had the restaurant at in Vegas, the Tropicana. Yeah, and that that's where I got turned on to that pastrami. I never had pastrami in my life, and your your recipe for the pastrami sandwich out there is the most amazing sandwich I ever ate. It was just. I must have had five while I was out there. Well, it's interesting because when you were out there, and if you remember, I had the uh, the president, the CEO of the company there, and I asked you to go to the table and do some tricks and do some, not tricks, but, you know, yeah, what yeah. you do. Um, and to me, what you do is very special. I don't think there's anybody like you. You're very unique. Um, and they you, you blew them away, and like you always do on these tours. You know, I remember when you and I'm kind of digressing a little bit, but it's kind of funny. When you asked me to hit my hand on a nail. <laughs> you remember that? Nail was this big. I have was, a video of that. We have yeah, a video of that. Yeah. I have a clip. I'm like, what are you, crazy? Am I, am I that stupid? No, I'm not going to do that. But, um, yeah, you know, the restaurant's great. Unfortunately, it's closed still till September the 1. So we closed September 1. We closed in March. So we're hurting a little bit there. The one in the Pentagon is uh, is doing great, although, you know, a third of, of where we normally are. Um, and the one in and Pennsylvania is still closed, too. That's so, what I was going to ask you. Is the Pentagon, is that open in the, the Vegas? Yeah, world? I was just there. I was just there with uh, the Sergeant Major of the Army and um, some other folks uh, last week, actually, uh, during my, my travels with the show, because we're in Baltimore and D.C., um, it's still open, but a third of the dining rooms are shut. It's to go only kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, it's, it's there. But, you know, the, the restaurant business in, in general is, like I said, uh, struggling a little bit, to say the least. But um, yeah, I, remember, I remember that the, the thing that we did. What, I think that was Diego Garcia, where I. Oh, had, yes. 3,000 miles from the coast. Yes. <laughs> what a place to get a, a nail in the hand, right? It's like a, or spike. It was a big spike. Diego yeah. Garcia. Yes. Um, and a lot, of, a lot of your listeners don't even know where that is. And it's, it, it can share that it used to be a British base. And the Americans have had it, I think, since, I would say, uh, 45, 50, somewhere around in 1950. Um, and it's, it's a strategic base that we use for, for things that go in the air. Let's just leave it at that. Um, but now the Americans just taking over. They just signed a deal, I, I believe, with the, the country there. So... Uh, I, I didn't understand all the donkeys running around there, though. Remember, like the donkeys run around there like the deer do in upstate New York. It's crazy. Well, yeah, well, they're protected there. There's, no, there's nobody going to get them there. I mean, there's only a, a couple hundred people there. So Yeah, that's, that was uh, really yeah. cool. Beautiful old plantations, um, beautiful place. But, um, yeah, very hard to get to, if you remember. I think it took us, like, 26 or 27 hours or something. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, it was in the middle of nowhere. My God. It took, yeah, I, I don't think anywhere, even by by air, is within six hours of there. It's just. No, oh, no. It's, uh, it's Guam weird. is, I think, I think. Where is it? Guam is the closest. Yeah, Guam was the stop we made before that. I remember. I think that was eight hours. Yeah. 
So yeah, it's it's not an easy place to get to. Yeah, nor is it designed to be easy to get to? I think. But. And that's why I can't believe I did that spike thing that day. Let me tell you a true story. And I don't even know if you know this. I did that spike thing one morning at a school called called Orange County Community College in Middletown, New York. All right, I had it set up. I'm half asleep, and it is real, Robert. But you know, between me and you, and now everybody listening, I know where the spike is. All right. Well, so listen, it was very real to me when you said hit it as hard as you can. And I didn't know where the spike is. So, you know, whatever, Jim Carroll, it yeah, was. But, not, I, knew, it but was, I knew where the spike is. And I went down like this and I hit it because in my head, I'm thinking that a spikes here. And I slammed down on a cup and everybody's like, oh, in the front row. And I looked down at my hand, Robert, and there's a drop of red blood on the top of my hand. The spike was stuck so far in my palm that it was actually coming out the other end. Oh, and, well, and, I didn't do that with me because these are, these are very expensive hands. You know, so they, they cook. I'm sorry. I'm telling you this, that, that it's not 100% foolproof. So, yeah. it, so tell I, me finished, now. I finished my show. They rushed me to the hospital. I got all these stitches. But what if that would have happened to me in Diego Garcia? Would I have been in good hands? I don't know. Well, you're with the military, so yes, you would have, but it wasn't you doing it. You asked me to do it, and I said no, and then you did it. Yeah, I remember so what that. happens if it happened to me? <laughs> that would have never happened to you. Because I didn't put the spike under, remember? I was just making, I was making believe the spike was under, and I had it in my hand, so it was foolproof for you. Oh, <laughs> but, but you didn't know I had the spike in my hand. Everybody in the audience did, yeah. No, no, no idea. And that was a small room, small stage. <laughs> yes, I remember it well. Yeah, we had a blast. That was a blast. That, that was the most. I, I did a couple of these things, but you, but with you, that was just oh, and and Dominic, you and Dominic, all fighting each other all the time. I have never <laughs> met. I have never met, and and we. I've done a lot of these USO tours, uh, twenty four, I think, in total. Um, and our own tours, like we, you know, before USO, I've never met a guy who was who was so taken back and and um, changed is the word I would say um, on that tour because he you know uh, Paul Salva uh, General Paul Salva and, and Miss Ricky his wife um, he became almost like their son you know yeah, I, because he was real he was moved because he'd never done those tours before uh, and it was really great to see how much he support supported and got into it and yes I mean he put me on the floor in like three minutes right uh, literally on the stage, I, I never forget it. Um, I was going to be the big brute, and we we not rehearsed it, but uh, you know, I just had my shoulder done. <laughs> I'm like, whatever you do, don't hurt me, Dominic, because you know you're going to put me back in hospital. But he was a wiry little fellow. I, know, uh, I say that in the best possible way, and that's why he's 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 such an amazing MMA fighter and and obviously um, commentator and all the things he does. He's a great guy. Yeah, the guy's like like really little compared to you and me, and I'd seen him do that to you on stage. On the plane, we're flying across. He's there, hit me as hard as you could, Jim. I go, uh, so I, I went like saw. He goes, no, no, hit me as hard as you I'm not going to hit you. He goes, hit me as hard as you could. So I went half speed to, to, to hit him, and he's not there. He's on back my back. Give me a choke hold. He's like a cat. He's just so yeah, quick. And he did the same to me. I mean, he literally <laughs> wrapped his legs. And, I mean, yeah, he's not a guy I would like to fight. No, no. It wouldn't be a fair fight. But sure. Yeah, that was I don't care how big you are. That's why he's so good at what he does. And Chris and, and, and the rest, Chris Weidman and, and the rest of these uh, amazing MMA fighters, 
that support the USO and support our troops. Um, that's what it's about, right? Giving back. And uh, I think that's a big part of, of what we do. Yeah. No, you, and you do a lot of it. Trust me. Hey, I think, uh, I think we got somebody coming on here to join us pretty soon. Oh my <laughs> God. Look who it is. <laughs> Unbelievable, buddy. How you doing? <laughs> What's going on, Jim? <laughs> what are you we waiting for? You look like you're down in, uh, where was that at, Robert? We were just talking about that island. <laughs> oh, Diego Garcia. Yeah, you look like you're in Robert Diego Garcia. Irvine himself. How you doing, man? Long time. <laughs> What's up? Oh, I'm, I'm just talking all good things about you. How <laughs> <laughs> I had to climb up you like a brick wall about 35 <laughs> times out across the world. We just talked about that. It was so funny. I'm like, you are not a guy I would like to fight. <laughs> ever. Well, I'll tell you what, you are a good wall, man. You're sturdy as they come, so appreciate it. <laughs> what are you up to? Uh, I, this is Jim's podcast. Yeah, but. no, we're here to chat, baby. It's not an interview. Let's. Uh, what the heck's up, man? It's good. To, the three of us, man, a reunion. My God, this is great. This is great. Good to see you guys again. Yeah, I just finished working out. Um, now I, I get to eat, rehydrate, and then get another workout in, and then uh, I have a massage at four to, to try to – get all the kinks out of the body from the workouts. And then uh, my day will be done today. I leave this weekend out of town to cover an event with the UFC again. So I'll be doing that Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So if you guys ever watch the fights, you'll be seeing me there. I definitely am tuning in. I, I definitely going to tune in. I, I just told him, I'm like, listen, amazing fighter, but even better commentator. Oh, thank you, sir. I, I think I, because I watch the fights because I know a few people that, that uh, have some interest in UFC. Right. Um, so are you going to Vegas or are you going somewhere else? Yeah, this, this event will be held in Vegas at the uh, UFC Performance Institute. Yeah. And Dominic, Dominic, it's you're looking so freaking good. Look at how he looks, Robert. He looks like a man. Let's talk about fitness. We were talking are, about fitness. You were like physically fit like a beyond belief. You guys keep talking to me like this. I'll come on your podcast anytime. <laughs> <laughs> he, never looks, he never looks any different, dude. What are you talking Come about? On, man. Look at this. He, looks, fit and healthy. he looks great. So I got I to gotta tell you, when we come, I'm coming back to Vegas. We open, I think, on the first week of September. Because um, um, obviously Vegas is in kind of a funk right now. There's some places open. There's some places not. But, uh, um, you know. So I got to ask you, Dom, I got to ask you this. Who is, who is, and it's kind of on the spot question, and you probably won't want to answer it, but who is your favorite fighter right now, regardless of wins and, and losses? No, it's not about wanting to answer it. It's just a tough question. Um, I would, considering everything that all these guys are doing, like the person that I look forward to watching fight right now to see like win, lose, or draw is probably uh, Khabib or Gaethje, Justin Gaethje. Those two, okay. because I just love the way that um, uh, currently those are two of my favorites. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah. love the way they mix the. I grew up wrestling, so I love the way they mix the wrestling in with the striking, and uh, I just they crush people with the pressure and the the, the pace, and uh, they just go to dark areas, and it's I they go to dark places to get through some of these fights, and I I can respect that. One last question, then I want to then then I'll let I'll let Jim. So Chris. I think I'm saying it, Weidman, Weidman, right? Yeah, is it Chris, Chris Weidman? Weidman, yeah. Right, he just fought, he lost five, yes. lost five, came back, won. What do you think? Of, so Chris did a USO tour yeah. with me. Oh, okay. Uh, 
and I, I had a, it was a good time. He couldn't do what you did, by the way, so I'll say that out loud. Chris, um, Chris is a good guy, you know what I mean? Chris is like, he's got a good heart and stuff from what I've seen, he's a family man. So um, as for a human being, Chris is great. I went to New York one time, he took great care of me. As for fighting, um, he's been a world champion. He beat one of the greatest of all time in Anderson Silva. So once you do that, you're kind of slated in history. Uh, the way he beat him too, knocking him out at the time that he did. But uh, beyond that, this last win, I'm super glad to see him because he's had a catastrophic surgery on his neck. Like most people who get the surgery that he had don't even like turn their head, much less get into a fight. Yeah. And he, he went through the surgery, came back, won a fight. Can't really say anything bad about that. It's nothing but respect. Yeah, no, I was, I was very happy for I was so happy for him. I text him and I just... I wondered from a from a a professional commentator. Legit, what he did. It's le it's very difficult what he just did. Very, 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 very difficult. Very. Cool. You, you can't even know, can't. you know, because sometimes the, the opponents take away. You're like, oh, well, we don't know who he fought, but it's like anybody in the UFC is top notch. And you're doing that after the surgery you sustained. You know, it's a big deal. But um, it's just like you. You know how you say I explain things, Robert. I think what uh, I think Jim would would agree with me that what makes uh, you successful in your industry isn't just the fact that you can cook. It's the fact that you can, you can experience your experience by cooking. You can explain <laughs> your experience so that other people can understand it. And then you, you go be what you, what you need to be to make it work. And people can connect to that. And then that separates you from the masses in, in the food industry. I feel like why you've been able to be so successful because you can also talk about it explain it right. teach people how to do it you know so it's it's a there's a deeper version to it i feel and so that's why you see it uh oh he's rubbing it in again just like the tour calling you a cook <laughs> robert hayes funny because chef. that's what yeah, i do I know. He's a chef. I know. no but, but but dom's right i do i and i say that all the time with people that say to me oh you're a big chef i'm like no i cook for a living <laughs> i put eggs on a plate and you eat it and I, hopefully i cook the eggs well that you eat it right? yeah that's what I, I'm always impressed with, no matter what walk of life you, you walk in, fighting, pumping gas, driving, it doesn't matter. As long as you do it and enjoy it, it doesn't matter. And I've always thought that, so. I feel like you just, because you enjoy it, that's why you do so well in the industry. Because how many people enjoy cooking? You've been able to make a huge living off of something that a lot of people want to be able to make a living off of. So. You're killing it somewhere. You're doing something different. You're explaining it different. You're being different. It's pretty cool. All right, Jim, give us no, some questions. No, you're, not only that, but look at him too, Don. He's a nice guy, man. He's just such a nice guy. I mean, I've never. When I went on the trip, that's where I got to meet you guys, and it was cool. And then Jim, like, I don't even know what you are, man. You're, you're, <laughs> I don't know how to explain you yet. I'm just here to learn. So why don't you talk now? Oh, listen to you. <laughs> Hey, wait, wait, so wait, look at man. I love you guys. You guys, we had so much fun on a, on that tour. That was like the most fun. What? Wait, eight nine days we were together around the world. How many around the world we went completely? Right, and, and so, I think forty thousand miles or wow, something in nine. That days. was insane. I can't believe it. Eight, what was it? Eight or nine countries in nine? Yeah. Eight days? Eight countries in eight days or nine countries in nine days? Which was that? I don't remember. Yeah. We ended up on a. We ended up on an aircraft carrier getting catapulted off. That was the weirdest thing. That was. Wow. I mean, you guys could take it. You're young guys with me, man. That was tough, tough on me. Come on, man. 
Hey, Tom. Uh, let me, now, let me Stop faking it. Hey, what, <laughs> do you see? Do you see? Uh, like what the UFC? Like, uh, are they making? What are they going to plan to do as if this continues the COVID? Like, are they going to put? Are they going to gradually allow some people in to watch the fights, or how, do you do you have any plans off the like? What's this fight island thing, and what what's going on with that? What well, is it's the, already happening. So what happened is it, during COVID, the United States and most countries have shut their borders off. Well, we have international fighters. We have fighters from all over the planet. So what the, what Dana did is he went and got went and made a deal with Abu Dhabi to where they could uh, host a safe place to 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 host fighters in these fights. On, a, on kind of their own island that's separate from everything. They do seven tests in like five days or they do so many tests to stay clean and it's so healthy that they were able to follow a protocol and build something out there in Abu Dhabi that international fighters can now fly there and now American fighters can fly there. So now it's like business is back in action. Now, if you're fighting here in Vegas, uh, then you're an American fighter. So they'll have an all like an all American events here in the United States in Vegas because the international fighters can't get through the borders. So it was just a new location to allow international fighters to still take place in fighting while they keep the, not, we haven't even skipped a beat. UFC didn't stop for, I think they stopped maybe like a week of events, maybe two weeks of events. Other than that, the machine has been rolling. So everybody's working, fighters are making money in a time where a lot of, like more than 3.5 million people have claimed uh, bank, uh, not bankruptcy, but uh, unemployment. Right. And a lot of right. fighters, you know, some of us need to, but a lot of us haven't had to, you know, um, it's a, it's a pretty big blessing that we're the sport that got to keep going. And now all the other sports are following suit. They just waited way, way later. Yeah, no, that's awesome, man. I, I, this is the, that's the most amazing, amazing, amazing thing is this UFC, man. I wish, I wish they had it when I was a kid. My God, that just, that was, what year did that start up? That started up when, dude, I forgot when that started up. I was around about 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. Roughly, you know? Yeah. Give or take. yeah I was already like close to, but I mean, if you think about it, that's a sport in, if, in, beyond, in beyond infancy, realistically, if you compare it to the other sports, baseball, basketball, football, I mean, rest like all these other sports martial arts has been around forever but the sport itself of mixed martial arts only being maybe 30 40 years plus at the pro level tops and that's pushing it um and we're already the not only the fastest growing sport in the world but now during covid i feel like that elevated the sport so much because we were we're the only sport that was playing for months yeah yeah, yeah. so it like really catapulted the sport it's been good well, it's great because everybody's sitting at home and now they get something live, yeah. right? You can watch it. I know because I've been glued to it. It's funny. I I was never sitting at home. I never stayed at home and watched anything. Yeah. And yet I was home from, for three months. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like oh everybody God. else, I know. Isn't it crazy? Oh you're God. like, give me anything to do. And then you're watching. Yeah. You're like, okay, let's watch these people scrap. There's not a, got a box <laughs> in a box. That's yeah. yeah, I was telling yeah. Robert about when we were flying. I, I forgot where we were flying over Russia. I don't know. And, and you're there, Jim, punch me. Jim, hit me. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to hit you. He goes, trust me, you're not going to hit me. Hit me. And I went like half speed only at you. And in about a tenth of a second, you're on my back. Put me in a chokehold. <laughs> you're like a cat, man. It's like it's so fast. I can't believe uh, we, were we were just talking about you on the podcast. It's amazing. And now, well, now here we are. Yeah, it's awesome. Dominic, what was what was um, what was that experience like for you on the USO tour? 
for you personally? Because I know it moved you really. Yeah, it was intense, man. It was for me. It was because I'm a very, I'm an empath. I uh, I believe by just nature, you know. Um, right. I, I was raised by my mom and my grandmother, so that's that's one thing that put me very in a different different kind of place already. And my dad wasn't really around, so I was raised by my mom and my grandmother, two very powerful women. So that kind of had me already locked into some empathic stuff because my mom would always know what was happening before it was freaking happening. It would drive me nuts. You know, she always knew what I was doing. Um, things like that. She just had a good vibe of like energy and feels and like spirits and spirit, you know, like of the soul. Yeah. And um, when I was there doing this, that's what I felt when I was connecting to these veterans. And then I'll never forget uh, Bagram it, or I think that's the one we landed in, right? Um, yeah. The air, the air base, and uh, it was it was one of the most volatile air bases you can land on in the world. Uh, period, uh, leaving leaving and coming in, and yeah. being with the general, and then seeing the gravity of the realness of the situation that that people are in right now. That I'm just like in America, not really having. You can't know unless you're there. Type of deal. Being there, landing there, seeing the, seeing the, uh, you know, they that we had hired outside forces to come into our, uh, in our areas with with you know Russian machine gun, yeah. like it was like a movie, and the look on these guys' faces was just like, yeah, I murder people, and that's it. Don't <laughs> don't, that's it. That's what I do. So what are you looking at? Like, there's nothing to see here, type of deal. That's yeah. they're they're like stones. And walking through and feeling that and then them telling me that, you know, two weeks or one week before we get there, that that, that building that we were in was had actually just been exploded because uh, they had to hire forces, local forces to come in. And apparently they'd been bringing chunks in. They built a bomb, blew up the entire building, and they built a tent in the exact area that this building was. It was just like you could feel the energy of that. I couldn't not feel that when they when they told me and when when you saw the the heightened security, and then to tee it off, you see that the look on the soldiers' faces is to have anything other than those things to look at us, yeah. and we were responsible for creating something to lift them out of that area for just a moment, just turn off the energy that I was feeling in there to step in there and give to them. That whole situation was a life-changing experience for me personally. Um, it broke me down in the back. It was uh, it was a lot because I just had never felt that before. And, and I can tell you, and I said this to Jim earlier, watching you, for me personally, who've done a lot of these tours, 24 tours, watching you ask the questions, feel the feel, and change. I watched you physically I couldn't feel you, what you were going through, but I watched you change. It was the most, and I said this before you came on, that was the biggest thing for me to see that change because you really got it. Mm -hmm. And I felt, I, I felt that, that uh, Paul and Ricky Salvo were like your parents. Yeah. They, yeah. they definitely see, noticed it right away. Both of them, especially Paul. Yeah. General Salvo really noticed that. Like Robert said, he, he like took you under his wing like you were his kid. It was like amazing to see no. that. And then connecting with him and hearing his story and what that family had been through, that that whole thing, connecting with all you, all you people 
that I was working alongside uh, to, to give, I learned, I learned so much from you guys because you're all so much like wiser in life. You've lived life longer than me. You got more wisdom. And so to have you there uh, allowed me to be more free in what I needed to be because I knew you guys weren't going to judge me. I knew there wasn't going to be like, you guys were where I was at. You were pro I felt like you were surprised I was feeling what you felt. But everybody felt it. And when I heard his story and his wife's story about them losing their son, that made me cry too. I was like just crying everywhere I went on this thing with you guys because all the stories were just so deep and intertwined. You could tell everybody carried so much like life with them that we were all in a place ready to give because of the things we'd been through. And it, it worked out really nice. It was perfect. It was a most memorable out of, I know Robert done a lot more tours than I did. And that was definitely my most memorable with you two guys, because both of you have an amazing heart. I could see that. See, I read people right? and you both do this because you really, really have a good heart. It's not like, Hey, I'm doing this to make it look good for my business or, you know what I mean? You, you really, that's what I admire about both of you. And I'm so honored to have both of you on here together. It's like a reunion. We didn't, we didn't see each other for that since that time. And I'm just really happy about this. This is great. Yep. Well, it's pretty awesome. Um, I, I loved what I loved was, and I, again, for, for you, uh, Dom, and I'm not a fighter, uh, not like you, not, not a fighter fighter, but you put me in a chokehold in like three seconds and threw me on the floor. <laughs> yeah, you throw, you're throwing these two big dudes around. This is, you're throwing us two around. All I, the way. I remember saying, do you remember what I said to you? Don't hurt me because of my shoulder. Yeah. He was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't hurt me. Take it easy. Don't Come hurt on, me. man. I'm here to, I took a care. When did I ever hurt you, man? Come on. Oh, uh, it was, I got to tell you, I, I was Harmless. seriously amazed at how fast your agility, obviously what you do, but for somebody that watches it on a screen and doesn't really, it's not my world, but to watch it firsthand and feel it firsthand, I would hate to be in the octagon and like get hit no. by you. And that, that's the I mean, thing, nobody really gets to actually feel what we do, but when you actually feel like somebody able to crawl up you the way that like with techniques, uh, which I felt before, yeah. obviously, with higher level black belts than me, or there's certain guys when they grab a hold of me, I'm like, I've never felt something like this before in my life. I'm like, it's like, whoa, like they're strong, they're tight here, like, whoa. So if I can still have that feeling to this day doing martial arts for 15, 20 years, you know, I mean, imagine what you're going to feel like never really doing it. You got me crawling up and yeah, like you just hadn't felt a feeling like that before. So I think that if everybody in the world got to feel, you know, a fight, have your head down in the corner, getting smashed into the fence, I think the whole world would kind of shift a little. A lot of humility would come in. Definitely, definitely. Oh, um, sure. Hey, sure. Dominic. People just need to get smashed nowadays. They, they just talk too much on the internet, and they don't get to. They don't have to receive anything. How much? How much yeah. of it? How much of it is mental? How much of the game? All of it. You know that. That's where you come in. Yeah. It's 100% mental. I'm going to tell you what, because essentially a fight is this. It's not how can I dodge the car crash. It's how can I create the car crash and survive. That's it. 
you're constantly just creating collision, 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 collision. And you're trying to take the less of the collisions uh, till you smash the other, the other vehicle or, you know, human uh, in the collisions. And essentially you got to train your body to be willing to sacrifice parts in those collisions. Right. And so that's a mental thing. If you can't do that, then all your martial arts don't really mean anything uh, because you've got to, you've got to be will you got to be able to weather the collisions. Yeah, that's, that's good. And that, and that takes how long to not, not to learn that, but when you fight and you, you prepare, how, how far in advance do you prepare? And then how long after the fight do you, um, recoup, recover? For me, I've had fights where I've been able to recover in a matter of three days, but then I've had to, a lot of my fights have been title fights, which are like five round wars. And those can take about a month to heal completely, like to where okay. you're feeling normal again, but you'll, you're, you're walking and you're living life within, a, within that week, but you're not healthy. You know, you're not, but it's, yeah, but it's interesting that to you to hear your analogy of crashes because that's exactly what it is, right? You're creating crashes every second yeah. and you've got to come off the best. Yeah, you just got to hope, hope that the crash that you create doesn't break you enough that you can't continue and then also hurts them so that they can't continue. So there's like a, there's a balance because you can kick, I've kicked people a lot of times and broken my feet, you know? And if you kick in the wrong spot, break your foot, now you're down a foot. And you, like the whole point was to hurt them, not yourself. So that can be really annoying sometimes, you know? Who is the, are you enjoy, are you enjoying are you enjoying commentating? And by the way, and I'm not sucking up to you. I think you're really good at it. Thank Just you. Saying. I appreciate that. I mean, I've had a lot of time to get good at it with all the injuries. So, um, but that's why I shifted to it was because I got injured and I needed to keep keep giving back to the sport some way. Uh, so I did that. But I do enjoy it because I can give to the fighters and I can, you know, there's there's a time where I'm fighting and. I'm the, I feel like the commentators have no idea what I'm doing or what I'm thinking or what I'm looking for. They just have no idea what I'm doing. So yeah, yeah. I, uh, I feel that I'm there to support the fighter, to show the world what they're thinking, what they're going through, how they feel um, more than what I'm thinking. Because, well, because you experienced it. Yeah, you, and I you, know that that's their time to shine. That's, that's what they get. They get 15 minutes. It's not about what I think. It's about breaking down what they think and what they're doing, how they, how I believe that they're thinking in that moment for the world to see. Um, so that the world can understand what they're going through, not what I think it looks like. None of it really has to do with me. It has to be about the athlete, uh, the fight and the sport. And if I make it an outward focused thing, then I always support who I need to support. I, I, I have to ask you this. How old, how old are you, Dominic? Sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead. How old? Yeah. I'm 35. You have a very, and this is me, you're a very old soul. You're very wise in a very different way. You to, beat me to that. Seriously. That's what I was going to tell him the same thing. You're like wise, you're, you're wise beyond your years. Like, man, it's crazy. Because I, I never got to talk to you like yeah. this. Yeah. Right? Because there's so much going on. Yeah, we were. We were busy. But, but it, it's, it's really interesting. You're like, I want to spend time with you to figure out how you I'd see love the to world. hang out with you too because you got a lot to teach, man. You're a smart guy. You've been through a lot yourself. We got we got Cali. We got I'm in Vegas all the time. I'm out there next weekend. Uh, 
You know what I mean? With, I'm out there this weekend. I leave Friday. I'll be in Vegas. You know what I mean? I want to pick your brains on some stuff. And yeah, let's do it. We can get together and make that happen. But right now, you know, you asked me about commentating. You asked me about, do I like it? I do like it because it gives me an outlet to give back to the sport that's given me so much. As long as I keep coming from that and not, I want to be on TV to tell the world what I know because I know because I've been a world title holder and I know this and I know that nobody gives a shit what I know. What people want to know is what these athletes are going through with what each fighter is feeling in that moment when they're getting beaten down. And when, you know, what if fighters feeling when how much credit they should get when they're getting beaten down and they get up and knock the other guy out. Like, listen, that guy is a beast. Like, um, watching Marlon Vera versus sugar, uh, sugar, uh, sugar O'Malley in in this last fight, there's a fight right now that there's a big underdog versus a, a favorite. And, you know, he took him out so quickly that people can't even believe it sometimes. And you're like, those are the those are the places that I I'm glad to be in this sport because I can give to the world that like look this guy just beat somebody very easily and this guy had all the hype the guy that had all the hype got beaten and it's like you got to understand that in this sport that's the problem is like hype means nothing it's it's car crashes this guy won the car crash it's that simple and he's he was mean and tough and he was ready to do it and that's about the fighters it's not about anything else you know. But that's what makes you so different. And that's what makes me a guy that wasn't interested in UFC. I wasn't interested in it, right? Now I am. And, and I think that's, the sport is growing because of people like you. I hope that, I hope that, uh, that we're, I hope that happens for a lot more people. Thank you for telling me that. I mean, that's feedback so that I can use it and keep doing what I'm doing. It makes it simple for me to understand, you know, I know you from a trip and you're a great guy and you do this. And, and I, I told you how I watched you be moved, which moved me because that's what I, but that's my life. The military is my life. Yeah. It's what I do. I feed it. I live it. I breathe it. Thank you. Uh, I'm in the Pentagon. I'm in the thing, you know, so for me, that's, it's a really great, and I know the troops and male and female loved it. Um, we've got to get you to do more when we can get out of this. I would love obviously. to do another one with you guys, of course but I'm all about the military with you. I had a lot of family in the military. My dad was in the Navy. I've had um, uncles that, like two of my uncles, one's a detective, another one was a sergeant in Richmond, Virginia of police. So like I come from a military, a family of police and military. So um, yeah, I grew up putting, putting flags on Memorial Day at all the cemeteries with my grandmother. So I, that's just, that's my heart and soul too. I, I really appreciate I do as much as I can for the military. They do more than people even know. We definitely got to get together on this tour, Robert. We got three of us again. Listen, we can, we can make, listen, we, we, we just got to get through this a little bit more, but I, but I know that we can make that happen. I, I love your wrote. car crash analogy, man. That is so cool. I love, hey, so any car crashes for you in the future yet, you think? Or? Yeah, you know, I think I want to fight in November. We're going to see. I'm going to talk to the UFC probably this week and see about getting something going before the end of this awesome. year. I'm awesome. feeling good. I've been um, – you asked how, how long – one of your questions was how long does it take to get that – that to wire your body. Well, you got to stay consistently – excuse me – sparring, drilling, fighting, creating the car crashes in practice for, I'd say, a good – two, three months uh, before you do a three-month camp. So I'd say a good solid six months of just nonstop training one or two times a day 
um, if you haven't done it for a year or more, mm. uh, is really important. So this is this is for both of you. This is Dave Reed. He runs my foundation. Sure, my, my, uh, so nice to meet you, brother. Uh, Ranger, Ranger lost his leg in Afghanistan. Um, so he's. Uh, I wanted to say hi to you because he's a big deal. But um, I appreciate it. I appreciate yeah. it. It's good to meet you, brother. You too, man. This guy, an animal. I heard he, animal. So you took him out. Oh, he took no, it, out it's just train. It's teaching people. You know what I mean. You know how it is. It's just a little. You're so you, humble. You You're so humble. Get me in trouble. So <laughs> you are so humble. Yeah. I'll tell you, it's amazing. You could kick, you could kick the butts of of Robert and me all over the place at the same time. Yeah, so climbed up me like I was a tree <laughs> and then dropped me. Then I could, <laughs> like I'm serious. I when just, you when you've had that done to myself, as as you got to understand that I do that to you and know it's going to shock you because it's been done to me and it shocked me. <laughs> I'm yeah. like asleep oh. on the floor. I get put to sleep. You don't expect it. It's like, whoa, that hit me out of nowhere. Well, Dominic, next next I, time next I time won. you fight, Dominic, we're gonna be there, Robert. We gotta. Oh, absolutely. Robert. Listen, we know enough people. We know enough people in the UFC, and it's so funny because when you said that, Dom, about about being you know chokehold and, and out, I watched literally on a US tour, a USO tour, Paige do the same thing to a soldier. Yeah. And and literally everybody's yeah, heart right. stopped. Everybody stopped like. Oh my God! What? 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 And and you know, takes a minute and they come round again. But everybody just stopped. Like, yeah, trips them out. You think they dead? <laughs> oh my hey, God. I told I yeah. told you as soon as Dominic comes on, it's gonna get the energy boosted, huh? Was I right? Well, you were sleeping. Yeah, I know. Is he woke us up? Ah, uh, well, hosting the podcast. You were I'm sleeping. Taking a you nap do- here, man. I'm 67, man. I had to get my afternoon nap in. <laughs> Well, look, man, I'm glad I could build it up. I wanted to come in, drop by, drop a line to you boys. I got to keep going because I hit my next training session. But I love you guys, man. Likewise, man. We gave so much to to the veterans, and we went around the world, and I learned so much from you guys. Robert, I would love to stay in touch, and I would love to pick your brain, too, and get that done. Um, Jim, we're going to stay in touch. Yeah, and thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. It's great to see you, Tom. Pleasure to meet you. Thank you. You guys have a good day, all right? All right, take care, buddy. Be good, Tom. Thanks. Yeah. All right, bye. Thanks, Tom. Well, there you go. What a great, what a great, awesome yeah. guy. Um, just amazing. Uh, he's so, so real. Beyond he's me. real. Real, yeah. and he's he got um, his head together, and he does have the, wow, he's like years beyond his, it's amazing. It's a, he was like that when, I, when, I'm, when we talked on the trip. I sat aside him for that whole trip, and he was like, the stuff he was telling me, I'm like, man, I can't believe this guy's so young. He knows his wisdom is beyond belief. So I'm going to wrap too, up now. Bro. This is Jim Carroll, the ultimate memory magic uh, genius. And uh, thanks for joining us. Make sure you check us out next time. It won't be as good as Robert Irvine and Dominic Cruz. But, you know, tune in. The best, buddy. Thank you so much, bro. I love you, buddy. Okay, brother. Hey, be good. Talk to you soon. So thanks, guys. Thank you for liking, sharing, and if you really want to superpower your mental strength, subscribe and thrive. Visit us at jimmydebrain.com.